2: Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered.
4: They think they've discovered what has made civilization possible. Why did the beast that is the animal be able to pull off civilization and not just be like other animals where we kind of hang out in very small numbers and just try to survive? Mm. There's something specific to us. They figured it out. That coming up in moments. First this. Uh, they stopped a giant cargo ship yesterday. Well, it was already in port and unloading. Which to me means there are lots of people involved in this. Because you just, I'm guessing, I don't know how it works, but I'm guessing you can't just show up with one of those giant cargo ships to a port and find an empty bay and start unloading stuff. I'm, i I, 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 hey, hey, uh, do me a favor. Take this, uh, this big, uh, container on your ship. Would you bring it to America? Would you please? Got here, to, here's a little cash. I've got to assume it's more like the gates at an airport. I mean, it's all very scheduled and, you know, this plane, that plane and you got 15 minutes. And, I mean, cause, you know, and my we, knowledge on, I think we're going off on
5: a bit of a tangent. Sure. My knowledge on shipping regulations is entirely from season two of The Wire when they spent some time on the, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, good the, stuff, the, the docks though. of, uh, longshoremen. And, right. uh, but it, they were saying in that, that, it's a random sampling that gets actually checked. Correct. That, mm-hmm. a, that a, a very small sample of the things that come through actually ever get a, a human set of well, eyes this, put on them.
4: This particular ship had 16 tons of cocaine on it, which is unimaginable. imaginable about. 16 tons worth about a billion dollars. It's the largest haul ever at one time. Biggest biggest bust by far of all time. Yeah, you got like three f- feet worth of kids' toys, and then you got all the coke. Stuffed in the back, and you hope the inspector just paws about, you know, two boxes uh, deep. Yeah, it looks like kids' toys to me. Moving along. Wow. Somebody's uh, somebody's in trouble for that, I gotta... Man, that's a lot of coke. Cause... Yeah, they arrested a bunch of guys on the ship. And... Well, I don't mean in trouble with the law. Oh. Well, the bad guys. Oh. Somebody's gotta be trouble when the bad guys end up, because somebody lost a lot of money.
5: Uh, that was well, maybe just one of the five ships that went through that day, too.
4: Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. I have no idea. And
5: that, that's the decoy ship that they put up to get caught, so the the ship with the real stuff
4: got through. You know, the, the, and maybe the guy who caught it is being paid off yeah. to see see how good he is at catching this billion dollar ship as they unload the two billion dollar ship over there. Oh my God! Wow, this, who knows? this, is, a, this is a twisted plot line. <laughs> well, I, I uh, watch too much TV. Plus, like companies <laughs> that write in uh, liability to their, their bottom line or their financial plan, or, I don't know, maybe you're running a utility that occasionally burns towns down. Uh, you plan for that, and so, you know, they might not go crazy. They'll make sure everybody did what they're supposed to do, but they understand, yeah, we'll we'll lose one shipment out of 12 on average. I have what, uh, 10 years ago, were the most popular apps in the App Store. Yes. And the only the main thing I got Throwback out of this, Wednesday. The only thing I got out of this is I'm completely predictable and, and just a regular person like everybody else, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're special, um, just like everybody. What makes you think
5: you're so special?
4: <laughs> the number one uh, app uh, 10 years ago was the Facebook app, which I did not have. But I did have the Google Earth app. I did have the... I handy level free app, a level on my phone, oh. which I've used all the time. It's so handy. Hanging pictures, putting up a fence you know, post, whatever. I don't whatever. have that. I'm it's an idiot. Certain, certainly hurt the level industry. I don't know if you had stock in <laughs> <laughs> Big <laughs> level. <laughs> the Pandora radio app. Everybody had that one back in the day, 10 sure. years ago. The the, flashlight, that one's still
5: kicking pretty well. Oh, yeah. The Pandora. Yeah, yeah. Pandora's live.
4: The flashlight app I had in 2009, I'm sure.
5: Oh, yeah. That's just now like a standard feature on phones.
4: Yep. Backgrounds was an app you could get in 2009, so you could have different backgrounds. How cool is that? Not. <laughs> the Weather Channel app was very popular back then. I this still have that. It's a fine forecasting tool. <laughs> you wonder about the barometric pressure? I and like the-, the hourly thing. Yeah, honey, it's 57 now, but it says by nine o'clock it'll be 73. I never, <laughs> I never downloaded this one, but everybody showed me theirs—the virtual Zippo lighter app. I oh, remember yeah, how popular. I had that
5: one. So oh, that oh boy.
4: that craze is clearly over, right? That was like the very beginning of phones, where it was yeah. just, it was, it was useless. It was just, isn't it neat that this can do this? And you should, you look at it one time, and then that's you're done. Correct. You d- you have no need for it at that point. Um, that was one of those. Wasn't there an app that you, if you strummed across your screen, it would make a guitar noise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: My, Very novel.
4: The MySpace app was still in the top 15 in 2009, even though Facebook had just come on the scene. Hey, MySpace, you're soon to die. <laughs> what? Steal, steal, or office, not? steal office supplies or whatever you want to do because you're about Cash to out. sell. <laughs> sell. You're about done. And then finally this. Biologists have figured out what made civilization possible. Oh, and what we've got coming up is really good. So the New York Times, this just came across the wire. They ask all the Democratic candidates 18 questions. Some of them are serious, some of them are fluff, and then they have all the answers in a row in short form, and it's really hmm. easy to access it. That's a want, hell of a lot more useful than the so-called debates. I think. It, I actually think it will be. Yeah. Huh. Biologists think they found the secret ingredient that made civilization possible. Human societies are so prosperous compared to uh, other animals. And all that different story. It's not just sure. our. It's not just our. Uh, the fact he that we're smart. Ask a chimp to lend you twenty bucks. He's just going to cheat, cheat at you. They don't have it. They're very poor. He'll throw crap at you. Right. Exactly. But that doesn't. dollars. I'm a chimp. I don't have three dollars. And then he'll throw his his feces at you. Right. Because they job. resent our wealth. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> uh, using a branch of mathematics called evolutionary game theory. To explore this feature of human societies. My collaborators and I have found. I'm reading this. I'm not one of the collaborators. (laughs) You're more a lone wolf guy. (laughs) That empathy is the uniquely human thing. uh, Our ability to take another person's perspective. That is responsible for sustaining. Extraordinarily high levels of cooperation in societies. And that would probably be why most of us so bitterly resent. Those who would violate the social compact by being very rude or drive dangerously or, or That's that called thing. stern judging. Yes, a it is. A common norm in human society is called my specialty. stern judging. <laughs> that is kind of your specialty. It is. Uh, <laughs> um, it would be like if I listen to Howard Stern, I think that wasn't very good today. That's my stern Stern judging. was hilarious today. Um, a common norm in human society is called stern judging, for instance, rewards cooperators. Uh, And, and, you know, and really lashes, puts a lot of uh, shame on, even though we're trying to do away with shame, which is, God, an integral part of society's functioning is shame. Gotta have shame. But the modern movement is to do away with it. Shame. Nobody should feel ashamed for any bad thing they're doing to themselves or others. Shame. Anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. I remember it was really hot a while ago, and I read a bunch about why uh, altruism, kindness, generosity, is an adaptive a trait why giving away your you know whatever your peanuts is actually a, a way to get more of them Um and then the social science which is science in name only really <laughs> if you give me snacks you're not getting more snacks in return i'm eating those snacks well see that's why that's you're outside the, the tribe we really would like to drum you out and have we go starve. What am I, some
5: sort of snack multiplier? I don't even know how I would get more peanuts if you gave me peanuts. Plant a peanut tree,
4: is that how it <laughs> works? Well, that's why, again, you are not popular in the tribe. <laughs> so I is a snacker, though. He's yeah. got a weakness for a snack. So here are some of the questions they asked the, the, all the Democratic candidates, and we'll hit you with the answers in, in quick form, I hope, coming up. Okay. It's pretty interesting. I'll probably read the whole thing. In an ideal world, would anyone own handguns? I want to know what they all think about. In that. an ideal world. Okay. That's intriguing. Should does anybody deserve to have a billion dollars, which is an interesting question. <laughs> wow. Oh, who is your hero and why? How many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm not so sure I need to know how much sleep Tulsi Gabbard gets every night, but I have no dams to give.
5: I only want to know Bernie's answer to that question.
4: <laughs> I'll sleep when I'm dead, <laughs> which will be soon. I sleep for twenty-seven hours! <laughs> It's just more than one day. <laughs> what do you do to relax? Et cetera. Um, uh, so some pretty solid essay, tough questions, and just some more fluffy stuff. Personal yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And you can pick whichever one's your your, your favorite. Joe will okay. choose them, and I'll hit you with the answers. That's coming up next. I think it'll be good. Oh, well, I've already read at least one of them, and I found it really interesting okay. on the whole should anybody have a billion dollars question. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: President Trump held a rally in Orlando, Florida tonight to officially launch his re-election campaign. You're launching your re-election campaign? You've been running for re-election since your second day in office. You talk about 2020 more than a guy who just got LASIK.
4: <laughs> hey hi um, Yeah, well, that's the modern thing, man. Elections are pretty much omnipresent. So. Hey, Michael, play that music again. Can you same thing? we're talking about why uh, human beings have civilization and have built the wealth that other animals haven't. Why does a squared off wave a.k.a. a distorted electric guitar sound so great practically universally to the human ear just changes the shape of the wave. That's it. Why does that sound so friggin good? What's going on there? Anyway you can turn it off. Well, the guy who invented it didn't think it sounded good. It's completely an accident of history. Mm-hmm. Leo Fender and, and all the others who invented it, they went out of their way to try to avoid that. Right. And then guys started poking holes in their cones <laughs> to get that sound. Anywho. Bunch of cone pokers. <laughs> so... um. The debates are going to be practically worthless as to figure out who's the best candidate to run for president. And that's one of the main things people are looking forward to to make that decision. The New York Times without without with a much better tool today, 18 questions for all the candidates. And you can look at the questions, pick the ones that are interesting to you, quickly access their answers. Mm. It's pretty good. And there's a bunch of different questions. Some of them are fluff. Some of them are serious. Joe went for the first question he wants to hear. Does anyone deserve to have a billion dollars? Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm not going to give you every answer. It would take too long, and I want to hit a couple of these. But the ones that stand out, or the big candidates are the ones that stand out. Elizabeth Warren. And again, the question, does anyone deserve to have a billion dollars? When kids are struggling with a trillion and a half dollars in student debt, then I got a lot of problems with billionaires who are not paying their fair share. That's not answering the question. That's what that one is. Right. Steve (coughs) Bullock. Governor of Montana. Never mind Steve Bullock. Who doesn't have a prayer. Right. Somebody may well deserve, if they've earned a billion dollars to have it, but I'm more concerned about the person that deserves to be able to take care of the family. Okay. Okay. Well dodged. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. I don't know that anybody deserves to have a billion dollars. It's an interesting way to phrase the question. But they are getting some interesting answers. As... Cory Booker, Cl- Cl- Clint Eastwood says at the end of Unforgiven, deserves got nothing to do with it. Cory Booker, I'm bothered when people don't understand that they have an obligation to use their best measure of devotion, of resources, tax, sacrifice for the common good.
1: That, and we're through with you. That, that's one of Thanks the reasons for coming.
4: It's one of the reasons he's not making breaking through. I, I understand what he's trying to do there. Just way too many words and way too esoteric. I just, yeah, you got to have an answer. Bernie Sanders. Very senatorly. Bernie Sanders, we have grotesque levels of income and wealth inequality. Kirsten Gillibrand, the phoniest of all of them, I think no. No one deserves to have a billion dollars. Good answer. Thanks for showing up. Um, Kamala Harris, if they earn it and work hard for it, sure. Good answer. Very reasonable. Very Eric, Eric Swalwell, your guy. Swalwell, Swalwell. If you work hard, this should be a country where your potential is limitless. Huh, okay. Good answer. Uh, Bill de Blasio. Who cares? I only care because he's painted as such a super socialist lefty. Mm-hmm. People work hard and make a lot of money. I don't begrudge them that they earn their money. Of course, he's in New York City where most of the billionaires are, so yeah. I suppose he got to. Tulsi Gabbard. Those who work and earn money in this country, it's not a bad thing. She grew up in a cult or something, Hanson was telling me. i got to look into that. Let me find one more that I think might be interesting. I don't know how uh, Pete Buttigieg, because I, I thought his answer was kind of good. There's a oh, Julian Castro, which I'm learning from this. is inc- He's the leftiest of them all, I think. Oh, really? Julian Castro. Oh, yeah. Um, Yang, Andrew Yang, who uh, I, I find very interesting. And as Sean and I were just discuss, discussing, he's clearly going to end up in somebody's cabinet if, if, they, if a Democrat wins. Do I think there's something intrinsically wrong there being billionaires in the world? No, I do not, said Andrew Yang. Julian Castro says, if they worked, oh, actually, I'm sorry, I was thinking of his gun answer. If they worked hard and came about it fairly, that's okay with me. Uh, I certainly think they should pay more in taxes. Uh, Seth Moulton, we live in a country that's founded on the principle of equal opportunity. We're not a country of equal results. I'd say wow, overall, wait a minute. That's a, from a Democrat? I'd say overall, there were more I'm okay with it if they earned it answers than anything else. Which is worth observing. Which is worth observing for the way the, um, you know, the candidates have been portrayed. We had uh, we received an email from a uh, uh, left leaning listener, a Democrat, who said, "Listen, the the wackadoo stuff. The, most of us aren't that." And you know, fair enough. Nor nor are conservatives fascists. Um, do you want to pick one of the silly ones? I'm just kind of interested in who is your hero and why. They ask how many hours of sleep do you get a night. That's just dumb. If somebody gets. 20 or 1, I find that answering, but something in between <laughs> yeah. 6 and 9 is not that exact. Nah, really? <laughs> no, I'll go with whatever you think. Yeah, the hero thing's intriguing. I, I can see a lot of posturing. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> the original Batman or Superman, Buster Crab. That's mine. <laughs> uh, he went with Crab. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He should have read that article yesterday we were talking about. Stalin is my hero. Oh, jeez. Hickenlooper went with uh, John Holmes. No, he went with uh, Abraham Lincoln. John Delaney went with Abraham Lincoln. Nice. Kirsten Gillibrand went with Harriet Tubman, who's about but to be. What would get me the most money? Who's about to be on the $20 bill that's coming or out this Or not. Summer. Or not. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm. Julian Castro went with Cesar Chavez. Kamala Harris's hero, Shirley Chisholm. Mm, Yeah. Civil rights. The first uh, black woman in the Senate? Seth Moulton. He's a late-night talk show host. Why do you keep bringing him up? Seth Moulton? Yeah. Late night with Seth (laughs) Moulton, right? (laughs) Seth Moulton is the guy I picked first to get out because we'll never have a president named Seth. He went with John F. Kennedy. Eric Swalwell went with John Lewis. Cory Booker went with My Personal Heroes Are My Parents. My political heroes are people in this community who were never elected to office but shaped the politics of our town. Blah, once blah, again, blah. thanks for cor- coming. Once again, <laughs> Cory Booker, long complicated, trying to be a little too cute answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've got enough. Thank you. <laughs> you don't want me to read, nah, not really. Tim Ryan, my personal hero, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Okay? And his political <laughs> hero John F. Kennedy. Uh That's not a good answer. Mayfield? Quarterback of the Cleveland, Amy Klobuchar. Her political hero, Walter Mondale. Oh, she's from Minnesota. That's it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? I got a few more of that stuff. Well, Trump lighting it up in Orlando.
6: Major Armstrong and Getty 2020 Democrat political death pool update. Oh, boy. Oh,
4: boy. And how your smartphones affect what and how you eat. We got somebody else getting out. All right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Armstrong and Getty
4: you know what i think i'm taking from reading through these various candidates answers to questions is while there are uh, uh several of them that are way left of the mainstream even of the democratic party not the majority of them mm. the media is way left of the Democratic Party Wow and emphasizes the, the stuff that they're into in a way that would make you believe the Democratic Party is way further left than it actually is interesting the media is the is the is the AOC crowd or the um, Julian Castro crowd into the left of him on some issue. Yeah, I I would point out that two of the three uh, Democratic frontrunners are way left. Liz Warren and, and Bernie Sanders. No doubt. No doubt. But, you know, that might represent I'm thinking of the current figures somewhere around 25%. Who was you, your hero? Probably 17 out of the 20-some, said Abraham Lincoln. That's a safe choice. I mean, it could literally be true. It's a pretty good choice. George Will said yesterday Abraham Lincoln was a zero. Hmm. Uh, How many of you mentioned the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, just out of curiosity? Just, just one. Huh. But if you ever want a safe answer that nobody's ever going to challenge you on or get mad at you, yeah. just say Abraham Lincoln. You can say George Washington, but yeah, he's got the slaves. Yeah. So. Speaking of slaves, this just across the wire. The House is going to vote on a slavery? Ra- reparations measure. Oh, for God's sake. Speaking of slavery, we got this text. Glad you reminded me. So earlier we were talking about how AOC right. compared what we're doing on the border right. to... Are, do you have that in your newscast? No. Oh, oh she ahead. didn't compare it. She said, we are yeah. running yeah. Good point. concentration camps. We are running concentration camps. This administration is running concentration right. camps on the border. We got this text. As the show's go-to Jew, I didn't know we had a go-to Jew, but Mm. apparently this is our go-to Jew. If you need a Jew. As the show's go-to Jew, it is mind-boggling how the left is defending AOC on her comment, imagine a Republican using a slavery analogy to describe something as legitimate as detaining illegal aliens. Right. You'd get killed for that. Right. It'd be idiotic. Saying it is as bad as slavery. Right. 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 No, you could never do that. On News Now, with Marcia Phillips.
6: All right, President Trump officially kicking off his reelection campaign, telling a huge crowd in Orlando he's running to keep America great. Trump taking a number of shots at Democrats, accusing them of aiming to shred the Constitution and rip the country apart. And as we fight to make life better for all Americans, the Democrat Party has become more radical more dangerous, and more unhinged than at any point in the modern history of our country. Trump's saying his re-election slogan will indeed be Keep America Great, following the original Make America Great Again, and he contended that he would make good on his 2016 promises. So we're going to keep making America great again, and then we will indeed keep America great Also known as the maintenance phase. Better than ever before. We're going to keep it better than ever before. And that is why tonight I stand before you to officially launch my campaign for a second term as president of the United States.
4: You people who are anti-Trump, how can you be against keeping it better than it's ever been before? Doesn't that sound good? Hey, by the way, the uh, Metaphor Hall of Fame just called We Have Retired Shredding the Constitution. It is now (laughs) enshrined in the hall, and you need to stop using it. So that's a guy uh, almost exactly four years after he announced he was running to the day with that crowd going crazy and, 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 and full live coverage on Fox, the network where several of their pundits the day he announced wouldn't even dignify it with a comment. Wouldn't even dignify his announcement with a comment. Yeah, which is pretty interesting, including including George Will and Charles Krauthammer. I am I'm not even going to acknowledge that was their view of Trump announcing he was going to run.
6: Interesting. Meanwhile, the Republican National Committee says President Trump raised nearly twenty five million dollars for his reelection in less than twenty four hours. In a tweet, the RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel said the enthusiasm across the country for this president is unmatched and unlike anything we have
4: ever seen i think that may be true uh or, or you know it's in the top tier the question is are there enough people that are enthused to uh, to win an election that's the question the people that are they're super into trump are super into trump
1: MAGA.
6: all right now we've got an update for you An update in the Armstrong and Getty 2020 campaign death pool draft. Joe Getty, listen up. Whoa, yeah, what? What? Talk he, to me. He is not dead yet. While he failed to qualify for the June debate because he hadn't met the polling or donation requirements set by the Democratic National Committee, Montana governor and presidential candidate Steve Bullock yes. managed to qualify for the second Democratic Ooh. primary debate in July. <laughs> so he's staying in. He's no. back.
4: He's
1: alive. No. Ooh. Ah. Ooh.
4: And I wouldn't be surprised if that was based on whichever Sunday show interview he did a couple of weeks ago in which he was... There's no way you could listen to that and think he was not a strong candidate. You're he not was a really strong good. candidate, Steve. You're humiliating yourself. <laughs> get out now. He's well, a serious man and a, and a real candidate. Whether, what hap- whether or not he'll get anywhere, he may right. never get above 1%. Yeah,
6: what happened was Bullock got 1% of votes in a CBS News Battleground tracker poll on Sunday. You, you
4: listen to governors or even Mayor Pete, people that have done executive stuff. They just sound completely different than all these legislators. Mm-hmm. All right, my friends,
6: does your phone influence your dining choices? Well, we got new research from BRP Consulting that finds 40% of dining experiences now involve a smartphone or mobile device. From your initial search for a place to eat to sharing the experience on social media, and this trend is gathering even more strength as millennials who are well acquainted with smartphones will be overtaking baby boomers as the largest generation in the U.S. next year, according to Pew Research.
5: Positive Sean. How do you feel about <laughs> so, this new responsibility? So we have a
4: go-to Jew. I'm supposed to do something different? We have a go-to Jew apparently Sean has to answer for all millennials. Yes. I'd never take pictures <laughs> yes. of my food to post
5: on so, No, that's not true. I did it when I uh, when I grilled some stuff when I got the new grill. Yes, you did. But uh but typical meals now. I mean nobody wants to
4: see my cereal. No, I, I don't get that whole thing personally, but Anyway, that's your name. I was I was yes. I was texting out my gluttony the other day. That was an empty basket with just one bite of my cheeseburger (laughs) reminder. And remember that Yelp uh, manipulates reviews based on whether the company spends money with them or not. Oh yeah, Misleading, mobbed up, dishonest. I mean, for instance, the Yelp review of the Armstrong and Getty show. No, not allegedly. They're guilty. Okay. Yeah, let's see. When I first listened to the show about a year ago, I enjoyed the humor. But as time went on, I realized this is a very right-wing show they have said the most why? horrendous untrue things about president obama and president clinton why why are there I doubt why that. are there Yelp reviews for radio shows i don't know but there are quite a bit of them we we overall we get 4 stars i well, think that's good enough to stay in the industry well, please, it's fine it's 4 yeah. out of 5 right not 4 out of 10 yes it's some of the best ratings i've ever gotten for anything i've ever done in my life it's <laughs> <laughs> an 80% that's a solid <laughs> yeah. b which is my whole life is trying right. to get a b Right,
6: that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty
4: Show, the conscience of the nation. Do we have the first serious shot at Joe Biden, as everybody's been very tepid in their criticism, uh, referring to uh, other generations and that sort of stuff? Well, here you go. This just came across. So uh, tweeted from Bill de Blasio. It's who's, t- who's it like
5: one percent? Yeah, it's 29... I'm just reading the tweet now. It's 2019, and at Joe Biden is longing for the good old days of, quote, civility, end quote, typified by James Eastland. Eastland thought my multiracial family should be illegal and that whites were entitled to, quote, the pursuit of dead, end words, end quote. Uh, Follow-up tweet, it is... Past time for apologies or evolution from Joe Biden, he repeatedly demonstrates that he is out of step with the values of the modern Democratic Party.
4: Now, I don't know the backstory in this. Maybe you've looked it up, but how how is de Blasio putting on Biden? Some guy using an n bomb.
5: Does that make any sense? So Joe Biden was uh, recalling times that he worked with James Eastland, who was a uh, segregationist senator from Mississippi, oh, gotcha. I believe. Right, and gotcha. he was yeah. talking
4: about the civility. Hey, the back the then, civility back when I worked with we people worked like together.
5: this. This fine folk, and then yeah. so then people are hanging that around. That gotcha. was not a good time. He was not a good person. Okay, his,
4: yeah. So he'll have to answer for that. Glowing reviews of Strom Thurmond and his life. Yeah, we'll we'll hear plenty of that. Wow. All right. I want to hear more from that list of the candidates sure. and their questions and Do answers. That. You want to know how many hours a night they sleep. Uh, here's my favorite Yelp review of the show. It's <laughs> from uh, Matthew. They are both anti-Trump and pro-Trump. I hate them half the time. They act better than everyone, then act humble. Jack is such a simpleton. Joe is loud and obnoxious. But I do appreciate Jack's intelligence and Joe's quiet contemplation. (laughs) Sad! (laughs) Sad! All right, more from the New York Times uh, interview with all the candidates coming up.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Guess that's why I heard an interview about it on NPR on the drive-in today. Was um, the fact that just came across the wire the house is going to have some sort of vote on the reparations measure to please enough people that they'll shut up about it for a while? Yeah, because I don't think it'll ever happen. But NPR took it completely seriously and had a guy on representing it, and uh, and 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 the host asked the question that everybody always gets into right away: Is, is how do you how do you how do you figure out who gets a check for how much? And what about people that you know all that sort of stuff? So we just got this text: My ancestors fought in Union armies. Um, one died in the Civil War. How much do I owe the descendants of slaves, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. The guest that they had on representing the reparation cause said it would be more economic uh, uh, fixing economic injustices like has been done in some nations where you would transfer traditionally owned white land or white businesses to black people. And I oh thought, my God. oh, okay. And the host just kind of moved on to the next question. Uh, he just put out an example of how we would end up in a full-on killing people in the streets race war. It'd be like South Africa. Yeah, forced confiscation of uh, of the property of white people. Sure. T- take that guy's business or that farm that has belonged to white people and give it to black people and see how that works out from a violent standpoint. Right. Good right. Lord. And NPR treated that. Okay, that's one way to do it. All right. Wow. Be you a first-generation immigrant from Romania or the direct descendant of the worst slavers, you will pay. And, you know, well, there are many examples of why it's just a ridiculous proposition. But So New York Times asked all the candidates 18 questions. Um, uh, it's, it's it's worth a read because it's a pretty quick way to look at what they all think of things. One of the questions was how much you sleep a night. I thought it was interesting. Almost all of them said six hours, which is what I get. So that hmm. seems to be the, the go-to number if you're under-sleeping and... Uh, Consider yourself busy. Uh, I like this question. In an ideal world, would anyone own handguns? Pete Buttigieg, I respect the desire of people to have a means of self-defense. Andrew Yang, talking about a future where no one that owns a handgun is frankly not going to match up with reality. That's just being practical about it. Yeah. Um, My question would be, because I'm annoying, what do you mean by ideal world? I mean, if it's an ideal, ideal world, well, nobody need one. Marianne Williamson, I'm not for messing with the Bill of Rights. John Hickenlooper, study after study shows that having a handgun makes you less safe, not more. All right, John Hickenlooper. Eric Swalwell. Go watch some porn with your mom. Yeah. Eric Swalwell, I have no problem with people owning guns. Jay Inslee, I do believe that there is a right privately for firearms. Julian Castro. I would not have guessed that from Inslee. Julian Castro, in an ideal world, people would not own handguns. Not sure what he means by that. Yeah. I mean, he could be going with the...
5: In an ideal world, there'd be no need for that Being them. overly that's...
4: picky like Joe. In an ideal world, people wouldn't commit cu- cu- crimes. Yeah. The human nature wouldn't exist. I mean, I don't know why you go down now, that That's road, just but... a dumb way to phrase the question, I think. Uh, Steve Bullock, Governor Ma- Montana. Every legal fire om- firearm owner that I know wants to keep themselves and their family safe. Kirsten Gillibrand. I'm not opposed to gun ownership. What I'm opposed to is gun violence. Okay. wow the um, in favor of gun violence crowd isn't going to be voting for you bernie sanders i think if used in a sportsman type way yeah i think that would be acceptable sportsman type way that's, that's right. such a bernie answer yeah I'd, I'd be interested they confiscated them in my model society the <laughs> soviet union i would be interested in what his answer would be if somebody's breaking into my house and i shoot them call the authorities that's not exactly sport but i wonder if he's okay with that. Um, Beto O'Rourke, in an ideal world, we would listen to people instead of a political action committee like the NRA. Yeah. Tulsa, Tulsi Gabbard, I support the Second Amendment. Michael Bennett, in an ideal world, Donald Trump would not be our president. Huh? Right. Wow. Wow. As, uh, yeah, I, I, hope you're able to hear our chat with Lon He Chen. Uh, he was talking about how these so-called debates are just, Zinger Fests. You're trying desperately to get a zinger in, so you're memorable. That's a zinger. <laughs> uh, Dummy. Cory Booker, as <laughs> President of the United States, I'm going to bring a fight to this problem like folks have never seen before. He has talked about that a lot. All right. Amy Klobuchar, I have never come out for banning guns. There's more okay with it as it currently is than, anybody, than anything else on mm-hmm. out of these. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, my family had guns when I was growing up. My brother had guns. Kamala Harris. My tribe mostly had bows and arrows. Wow. Wow. Huh, what? We had a sport we'd play with a bison bladder. (laughs) uh, Kick it between the teepees. It was worth five points. What now? Anyway. I thought it was worth a read. Get an idea of uh, what. Sure, I was, was hoping for more. Hmm? I'm enjoying it. Didn't the show about over? What? No, we got we got the man, many many minutes <laughs> to go. Still, I was just reading about Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, she doesn't have a chance. Um, she she a very strange upbringing, and and continued relationships with this uh, odd offshoot of like Hare Krishna, kind of one of your Eastern religion culty things. Um, and some of her close associates are still associated with it. Which, not her fault. Uh, well, she doesn't have to associate with them, but oh. um, well, seems reasonably harmless. Of course, I haven't read the whole article yet. Well, but. is it anything weird or strange, or is it just a different branch of a religion? That's nah. a little bigoted. Like I mean, is I say, there anything I weird going on? <laughs> You're bigoted. Your face is bigoted. I don't know. I haven't finished the article yet. In an ideal world, Donald Trump wouldn't be president. Right? right? Kind of answers that on the gun question. Dummy.
1: It's time It's time for Final thoughts Final thoughts The final thoughts It's time It's time for Final thoughts With Armstrong And Getty (laughs) Mm, Took him six months To write that
5: (laughs)
4: Here's your host, Joe Getty. Does anybody hurt? Oh, that's funny. Let's get a final thought from everybody. There he is, our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips. Final thought. Got to tell you, my hero is a
6: sandwich. I sleep in shifts three hours here, four hours there. And I certainly would appreciate knowing a billionaire. Get in touch with me at com.
4: My hero's a sandwich. Michelangelo in the control room. What's your final thought?
6: Uh, yeah, Marshall did a story about millennials and how they always order food using their smartphones. It's probably to avoid people, but I've encouraged, hey, cook a meal, invite friends over. We, we got to have dinner tables, you know, returning to the
5: uh, households. Here, here. Uh, positive Sean. Final thought. Yes, on today, uh, June 19th, it was uh, June 19th, 1865, nearly 20,000 troops led by Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas to read Order Number 3, which uh, informed the people of Texas that the remaining 250,000 slaves were to be freed and could begin working for wages. They were the last slaves to hear this. Hmm. This day has become known as June ni- uh,
4: Juneteenth, oh, right? okay. and so happy right. Juneteenth to everyone out there. So that's why the reparations bill today, gotcha. Jack, final thought for us? <laughs> yes, I uh, stopped on the way to the swimming pool yesterday with my kids and bought myself a new swim shirt. But the large uh, was a uh, for a different for a different kind of large, apparently. Mm. And I was a a grown man with a sausage casing on him walking around the pool yesterday with. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping there was no video whatsoever. My final thought is one of the federal laws that are still on the books uh, that we'll talk about at length tomorrow. Is there are so many federal laws nobody even knows how to count them. It's illegal to use a falconry bird in a movie if the movie isn't about falconry. Ah, good law. Oh, boy. Should have been illegal for me to wear that swim shirt in public. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Check out the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America.
1: This is... uh
3: and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
6: Thank you, and good night. And the show's over.
4: What? Bye-bye. It's National Croissant Day. <laughs> so everybody go out and get a croissant. <laughs>
1: because it's that day, It's why. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
0: You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.